Well, hello there, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Kimmel and Cox, your source for all things entertainment. I'm Keith Cox. I'm joined, as always, as I am every week, by my good friend, Dylan Kimmel. Hello, everyone. And today, we are getting into the second film in the Back to the Future franchise, one of our favorite film franchises of all time. Great Scott! Oh, the heavy. Yeah, that's, so the second film, uh, definitely the the first one stands up uh, as as I think my favorite uh, in the franchise. Mm. Uh, but but the second one has a lot to offer too, uh, as yeah. we'll get into. Just because there's so much going on, uh, there is one. a lot going on. Here's the funny thing too that I found out. Like I was looking at the the run times of this. There's so much packed into part two, yet it's shorter than. Yeah. Yeah, it's about 10 minutes shorter than the first film. But You wouldn't uh, have thought that watching it, honestly. Yeah. There's so much packed into the, just this one little... Because they travel through time several times in the, in the, in the second one. Yes, and, and this is something that uh, they, they come at it from a, a completely different uh, point of view, which is something that uh, a lot of other movies haven't, hadn't really done. So, uh, But yeah, certainly, uh, certainly a lot of stuff, you know, crammed into this movie and we're going to try to to unpack it all. Uh, But uh, part two was released on November 22nd, 1989. So a little over four years uh, since the first movie. And although the, the movie is still supposed to be set in 1985. So so that timeline hasn't changed, even though everybody's gotten a little bit older yeah you know, it's, they're supposed I mean, to be the same age I, I i was watching like a a side by side of you know the beginning part because mm-hmm. it starts off right where the last one right but they reshot it because one they had a different actor two everyone got a little bit older um and you can actually see some of the differences there oh yeah you when know you like his when uh, put it side by side yeah like uh marty's hair's different mm-hmm. uh you know um and uh some of the shots are just a little bit, you know, different. Yeah, but uh, but this you wouldn't be able to tell if you were just watching them. No, side, you, you really know. wouldn't. But uh, the the second installment was again written by uh, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, and directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, which is the great thing about these movies. Is I think sometimes when when you have sequels that are either written or directed by different people. They mm-hmm. often have a different feel to them, so I like it when the same when you have the same crew, especially writers and directors involved, because yeah. you have that consistency between movies. Uh, but uh, I mean, it, it, it's funny because uh, when when it is the same director, you do usually get the same feel with the movie. There is one trilogy though that I this is off topic, but it just kind of baffles me on that one. Men in Black is directed by the same director all three times. Mm-hmm. But all three of them. But they all feel a little bit different. Like, does he have like an issue with? Uh, does that director have like an issue with his identity or something? <laughs> uh, Who knows, really. But, but anyways, but we uh, we have a lot of returning cast uh, for this one. Uh, it, you know, the film again stars Michael J. Fox as uh, Marty McFly, and Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown. Leah Thompson is back as Lorraine McFly, uh, Tom Wilson uh, as Biff. Uh, we have Elizabeth Shue as uh, Jennifer Parker, Marty's girlfriend uh, from the first movie. So this is one of those casting changes that we mm-hmm. were talking about. Um, yeah. Um, now, she was that like a scheduling conflict with her? 
I believe it was. I think she she wasn't available uh, by the time they did the second film. Um, you also have uh, James Tolkien back as Principal Strickland, and uh, and this time we have Jeffrey Weissman as George McFly. And so now that's an interesting story. Why in the world is it not Crispin Glover? Yeah. So to getting into that uh, a little bit, um, the the deal with Crispin Glover was. Basically, he by the time they decided they wanted to do a second movie, you know, the first one was so popular. I mean, it was just like a mega success and, and made so much money at the box office. Crispin Glover decided he wanted a little bit more of a piece of that, and he wanted to be paid more to play George McFly than he got paid in the first movie. He wanted to have more of a salary that was in line with what Michael J. Fox was getting paid. You know, Michael mm-hmm. J. Fox is, you know, the, the star. You know, he's the, the title, you know, basically, you know, the, you have the, you know, you have the, the actors' names who are kind of like above the title, and then you have mm-hmm. the ones that are like below the title. And, and characters like George McFly, you know, those were, they're certainly, they're significant, you know, in the mm-hmm. movie, but they're not, they don't necessarily get like that you know that top uh, billing and and so uh, they couldn't you know they couldn't come to an agreement with the studio on on his salary and so they're like you know it's and, and you know looking at you know back on it and seeing interviews with him and everything you know I personally I think he should have just been happy to be invited back and, and because these were very successful movies and and obviously uh, he was always going to be remembered for that role. And just if, if he had done that second movie, I can only imagine that it would have gotten better for him and, and probably would have opened up opportunities for even more roles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think maybe he got, and it happens with actors, maybe he got just a little bit too greedy, you know, on that. Uh, but needless to say, they decided, you know, they didn't want to work with him mm-hmm. again. And so they replaced him with Jeffrey Wiseman. They put makeup, uh, on him and, and uh, prosthetics, you know, like they uh, put like a, a nose piece on him to make his nose look a little bit longer, trying to make him look as much like Crispin Glover as possible. Uh, and then, he, you know, he, obviously he had the kind of had the voice down, the George McFly, you mm-hmm. know, voice. And, uh, and, but, and, and that did result in like uh, Crispin Glover suing them, actually, yes. because they were using his likeness and everything. Pretty and, much. Even though it was a different actor, mm-hmm. they were trying to make the actor look like him. And so he thought, you guys are basically using mm-hmm. my face without using my I've, face. I've watched an interview with him recently, just last night, uh, and he was talking about that whole thing. And he hated the performance given by this actor. Yeah, but he really um, wasn't in that many scenes. I mean, yeah, you know, there's not too many scenes. That they, uh, he, 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 yeah. Well, they, yeah, they tried to, they tried to sort of, you know, um, put the camera in positions where you couldn't clearly see his mm-hmm. face. Uh, and this they, was uh, honestly like uh, one of the first uh, movies where they used another person's likeness and then now you start to get the whole you can't use the actor's likeness mm-hmm. after after this movie that's what brought that up yeah that kind of kicked off a, a set of precedent you know for future movies but uh but they had they used this device when they when marty and doc travel into the future 
where uh, George is hanging upside down from this contraption because he's throwing his back out playing golf. And he's upside down. Yeah, he's hanging upside down the whole time. You know, this mm. this device is like, you know, carrying him through the room, but he's but he's hanging upside down. And they did that because when he's hanging upside down, you really can't tell that it's not Crispin Glover. And when he's doing the voice and everything, and you know, he's got the mannerisms down. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think a lot of people probably didn't realize that they had, you know, switched actors. Uh, now, the interesting thing, though, is, is that as the old man version of George McFly, the guy, the actor portrays him more so like he did in the young version of George McFly. But in the very end of the first movie, he's more proper and yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's got a different. Uh, attitude about him you know yeah it kind of reverted back to that nerdy version Mm -hmm. but uh the now as far as uh, the character of jennifer is concerned now that was a little bit more of a noticeable uh change Mm. Uh, you know they you know elizabeth shoe is is a is a good actress uh and and you kind of felt sorry for her in this movie a little bit because they they were sort of forced to to put jennifer in the movie because if you remember the ending of the first back to the future where you know doc uh, comes back and and uh you know comes screaming into marty's driveway and, and marty and jennifer are standing there and you know and he's like marty you've got to come back with me back to the future and marty's like you know he's like why you know like what what happens you know in the future he's like you know more or less like something you know something happened to us and 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 you know, Doc tells them that, you know, no, they're, they're fine, but, you know, there's a problem with Marty's kids. He's like, it's, yeah. like, it's like, your kids, Marty, something's got to be done about your kids. The funny thing is, is that Christopher Lloyd kind of pauses in, in that. It, it's only in the second one. He doesn't do it in the first one, but he kind of pauses there when he asks, what, what, do we become jerks or something? He's like, oh, let me think on that. <laughs> but he, but he, that, that was the, the, the gag there was, you know, they, they pull out onto the street and, and, you know, Marty's like, you know, it's like, Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. And he's like, roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. And then the, and then the you know, tires fold down on the DeLorean, and, and it lifts up and, and takes off and starts flying. And, and that whole ending was supposed to be a joke. The, there was never mm. any plans to do any more Back to the Future movies. You know, there was not supposed to be a sequel but because of that ending, audiences automatically assumed that there was going to be another one because it did, you know, the, the way they left it, it did seem like there was more to more to do. People were like, well, they wanted to see him go into the future. Like, what, you know, what happened? So Robert Zemeckis talked about that and years later when they did decide to do a second movie. He's like, you know, if we had known then, if, if we had had plans to do a sequel we never would have put Marty's girlfriend in the car with him and Doc because it was a, because it was a it posed a problem for them because then it forced them to put her in the second movie and they really didn't have anything much for her to do so they had to write her into the script and figure out how she would be involved in the plot and unfortunately <laughs> she spent most of the movie unconscious yeah uh, doc brown he kind of he uses some sort of device like, or yeah, whatever to like kind of make her fall asleep yeah like it's like a sleep inducer and and so so he knocks her out to get her out of the way uh because the whole the whole plot of the second movie is 
uh, Marty's son, uh, Marty Jr., uh, has gotten himself into some serious trouble. He becomes involved with this uh, gang, which is led by Griff Tannen, who is the grandson of Biff Tannen. And so they basically they go into the future to hopefully prevent Marty's son from being thrown in jail uh, for uh, committing robbery. And But as always in a Back to the Future movie, it never goes as smoothly as it's supposed to. And, yeah. And uh, Marty runs into... This yeah. is what they're trying to prevent yes. right there. And that is a, uh, a replica of the newspaper that was used in mm-hmm. the second movie. And it was actually released the day of the actual event. Yeah. I mean, uh, this, this was actually released October 22nd, 2015. This movie is set, the, this particular time period is set October 22nd, 20, yeah. 2015. Uh, but the, yeah, they, because of that, they, they uh, released this version specifically for that day. And uh, I, I had to get myself a copy of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was about $15 when it was released. So, but $15 and it's yeah, probably as well well worth the investment yeah. there yeah. and and i'm actually uh wearing a uh a replica of the uh lenticular hat uh that marty's son wears and also marty uh in the movie because uh, marty basically pretends to be his son mm-hmm. uh in order to say no to Gr- uh, griff's proposition uh and uh, so yeah this this actually was um a, a Diamond Select uh, exclusive. Uh, Diamond Select is actually a toy company, uh, but they uh, released the you know these hats. Actually, it was a there was a whole lot of stuff that came out for the thirtieth. It was the thirtieth anniversary of the day that Doc and Marty went into the future, which was October twenty first, twenty fifteen. So they released all this uh, special uh, memorabilia to commemorate uh, that event, that fictional event. But these hats actually came out a few years uh, prior to that, you know. So I had to had to uh, pick up one. And also forgot to mention this um, in the last episode, but uh, oh yeah, the the pins and yeah, the, the, yeah. the jacket and everything that I was wearing. Uh, the replica I think jacket. I think that was my fault. I cut them off. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's uh, but no, it's all right. If uh, if anybody. You know, if, if you're a huge Back to the Future fan like we are, and uh, if you want to get uh, some replica Marty attire for yourself, uh, you can go to maxkady.com. That's M-A-X-C-A-D-Y.com. Uh, that name, Max Katie, actually comes from a character that Robert De Niro played in the movie Cape Fear. Uh, but this website, they're overseas somewhere, but uh, they specialize in... Uh, replica movie uh, clothing, particularly jackets and stuff like that, but they also have other um, other uh, clothing pieces as well. So, like for Marty McFly, you can get uh, the denim jacket, you can get the puffy uh, orange vest, uh, which I got both of those items uh, from there. But now they actually have a few more items that they've added. You can get the uh, the three pins that Marty wears on his jacket. I got mine from a couple different places. Uh, I think I got a couple of them on Etsy, and another one came from eBay or something. But Hmm. now they actually uh, sell all the pins in one place there. Uh, And you can also get uh, a replica of Marty's backpack 
from the first movie. So Ooh, yeah, wow. so that wasn't available back then. It's pricey, uh, so you're gonna pay a pretty penny for it. I think I think the jacket was like 250, and mm. and the vest was like 200. It was it's pretty crazy, but I mean they're it's spot on. I mean you yeah. can't you can't get and this any more is accurate this is the clothing that. from the first movie, from not the, the first second movie, one. Yes. Uh, uh, have they ever released the the jacket from the second one? You can find it. Uh, that's uh, you know I, that's one thing I, I wish I had is the you know the uh, self drying uh, jacket and the. It probably doesn't the, actually work no, that way, but but the, and the power lacing sneakers, the uh, Nikes from the second movie, but all that stuff is available. Um, Nike actually released the sneakers, the replica sneakers, uh, to commemorate the the 30th anniversary of. Now the, the truth is, are they truly? Self-lacing. No, they're yeah, not. I didn't but they so. look, but they look just like the the sneakers from the movie. It's and probably a good thing they're not self-lacing. We don't need any more lazy people. No, <laughs> tie your own shoes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the uh, in the jacket, I think you can find some pretty uh, good replica jackets on eBay. Uh, I don't know if there's a company specifically that that manufactures them now, but I know I did see some a while back on eBay. Again, a little on the expensive side, but. You know, if if you're a, a really a true fan, I mean, you can't beat it, uh, mm. and it it goes over so so great at like you know costume parties and and things like that. You know, because yeah. I'm I'm all about authenticity myself. So yeah. uh, if something is not is not like doesn't look accurate to me, you know, I kind of have an issue with it. But um, but you know, there's plenty of of good you know homemade uh, costumes out there too, and uh, some of that stuff you just kind of have to piece together a little bit at a time, like on your own, just to get the right uh, look. But, but anyway, just wanted to mention that in case anybody's thinking about, you know, like if they've always wanted to to dress up as as Marty for Halloween or or you know whatever it is, then you know that's a place where you can go to get a lot of that stuff. Uh, and you can also get the uh, the classic Nike sneakers from the first movie, hmm. which is the it's actually it was a uh, Nike Bruin was actually the model of shoe, uh, and again, uh, Nike released uh, like a limited number of those shoes uh, in 2015, and and I was lucky enough to get a pair. I, I couldn't get a pair like when they released them. There was only like one Nike store in New York that was selling these, and they announced like the day and time that they were going to put them on sale and literally like as soon as they went on there's like i was waiting on my computer and as soon as i went on the website like they were already sold out and 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 i think what it was it, it wasn't that was the thing that kind of made me mad is that it, it wasn't even like fans necessarily that were buying the shoes it was people oh, buying them to resell them of course so i'm like you're you're keeping them out of the hands of fans just so you can make you know, yeah, profit off. yeah them. i hate that 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 was like the big thing about the uh the, i mean it's happened recently uh, also with the video game systems like ps5 and xbox the newer generation ones like people people will do that they will i don't yeah. like that that is that is just there, there should be a limit. There should place a limit, like only one pair per customer or something like that, so they can avoid things mm-hmm. like that. And people buying them Special in bulk links, and reselling specifically, them. Specifically, you know, or, you know, yeah. kind of isolate. Like, um, what, what, what about the captures? They need to do the capture thing. Yeah, it really should, you know, because that's a good way to prevent... Um, you know, just a good security measure to prevent you know people from doing things like that. Yeah. 
prove, you know, to make sure they are who they say they are. And, but yeah, so I ended up and, and it worked because I had to, you know, I fell victim to that. I, it's like, if I really wanted the shoes, I ended up having to get them on eBay from, you know, a, a private seller and paid twice what they were retailing for. I think originally they were retailing for 150, which was already, you know, already pretty, pretty, pretty expensive, but yeah. I ended up having to pay 300 uh, for them. But to me, it was worth it because I'd always wanted to, wanted those shoes. I'd always wanted to pair those shoes. They're, you know, they're so simplistic in design, but, you know, yeah. I just always love, love to look at them. And, and it really completes uh, the outfit if you're dressing up with Marty. Oh, and you can get the shirt, too. I forgot about that. Oh, yes. You can get his uh, black and white checkered uh, shirt on that same website, maxkady.com. But anyway, uh, so that was getting getting a little bit uh, off talk, topic there, but... Uh, off topic but on topic yes <laughs> yes still relevant oh. uh, so so anyway um, you know getting back to the plot of the movie uh, Doc and Marty you know go into uh, the future of 2015 which of course we are now well past yeah uh, we're and shoot, uh, it's been a while since then he he does manage to successfully keep uh his son from from being jailed actually griff ends up going to jail in mm-hmm. his place uh and we see right away that uh the sort of generational curse of the tannin family is that they're they're just for for generations they've all just been destined to be assholes and mm-hmm. uh, and not and very also, not very bright and also destined to be uh, driven into a big truck of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it uh, there there's there's a lot of uh, repeated gags uh, in in all of the, the Back to the Future movies. Really, you know, they they tend to use the same jokes again, but maybe mm. in a slightly different way. Slightly different way. So like yeah. uh, the the first one being um, Marty waking up and. He's waking up and he's like, uh, and it's um, his. It's his. We wait. Yeah, he wakes up well, in 1955, and yeah. his mom, you know, is is by his bedside, and and then the next one, they did they do that in the second. I'm trying to. They did do they it. They did the it in the one. second yeah. one in the mm-hmm. alternate 1985. Alter- oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, because he wakes up and he's in the penthouse of mm-hmm. yeah. And of there's this. a reason why it's alternate 19, uh, 1985. Oh yeah, so we're getting so, getting into that get, too. Getting so, a little too ahead. But, so yeah. you know the the really cool thing about this movie compared to the first one is that I mean, and there was so much work that went into this, is that they actually uh, go into four different timelines in this movie. So you have 1985, and then you have two, uh, 2015, and then they go back to. Uh, what they think is 1985, but it turns out to be an alternate 1985 because of, you know, some events that happen that, you know, Marty kind of gets, you know, as usual, he kind of gets things uh, screwed up a little bit. And then you have, and and then they also go back to 1955 again. Mm -hmm. And this all starts because uh, Marty bought an almanac, a sports almanac, which, which funny enough, some of the events there, it wasn't exactly on point, but some events from what they they predicted kind of started developing in the same year. So he, uh, so he purchases this Gray's sports almanac, which is supposed to be 50 years worth of sports statistics. It's like 1950 to 2000. It's supposed to have the scores for every major sporting event 
during those 50 years. Not sure how they managed to cram all of that into that little magazine because it's not a very thick <laughs> book. It's very small writing. Yeah, you know, you, you need a magnifying glass. But <laughs> So he gets the idea. to He, he buys it in this, uh, like, nostalgia store that, you mm-hmm. know, sells uh, a bunch of things from, like, the 80s which by then is considered all of this stuff is considered you know classics or whatever so like in the window of the store you see some nice little nods to like jaws and uh there's actually a copy uh, a vhs copy of uh dragnet uh with dan Aykroyd uh in <laughs> oh, the window there's like there's a dust buster and all this kind of stuff and it's by yeah. then by then they consider this stuff old and and i i I want to mention this as well uh the future in 2015 and back to the future again all made for a joke like i think robert uh robert zemeckis even stated he said we weren't trying to predict the future we were just you know making light having fun with it yeah yeah and they definitely uh definitely got a lot wrong uh the (laughs) the biggest thing being is that uh we're not traveling around in flying cars Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know, which I'm a little disappointed. It's like you know, we we didn't get our flying cars. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we ever will. I, I don't, don't have my flyers license, but yeah, I don't know if that's ever going to be feasible. And and if it does come about, I mean, I know people have already been experimenting with that, but now it would, it would be so expensive. About I did think about you know what it would be like to have flying cars. And here's the thing: uh, you get a lot of car accidents, right? And I'm just thinking, okay, if they were flying, we got a lot of dead people. Yes, because uh, yeah. there's no survivors if, at yeah, all. Exactly. I mean, if I'm you, sorry, if you, people uh, flying a plane right now, you're safe right now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Statistically, flying is still the safest way to travel. That's more of a Superman line. There. Yeah, it sure is Superman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I'm sure that really is true. I mean, yeah. there, there's a lot more you know vehicle accidents that happen you know every day. But the thing is, is if you put that many vehicles up in the sky, you know, instead of somebody crashes up there and then you drop you know whatever. I, I don't know that. If we had flying cars, I don't know if they would go as high as planes. I don't know if they would, you know, go 30,000 feet. They probably would, everybody would have like a, you know, a, a limit as to how high they could they could fly. Probably That makes sense. That yeah. actually does make sense because if you think about the, the you know, the air as you go further up. Air quality, and, yeah. yeah. So it probably would be, you know, probably wouldn't be too high above like, I don't know, like... Um, you know the the probably not more than like the height of a lot of like buildings and stuff it would probably mm-hmm. be like a low a, you know low fly zone but yeah but anyway so that that was a big thing obviously that they didn't you know didn't get right and uh hover they, hoverboards uh which is like a that's kind of disappointing i i, I would have that would probably would have got me into skateboarding honestly yeah. the hoverboard <laughs> i mean in theory you know it, it could work and again i there have been people that have successfully invented uh, hoverboards, they do but, have a replica hoverboard as well. I don't think it actually works, but no. <laughs> uh, but they did. Yeah, they did put put that out, you know, to mm-hmm. commemorate uh, the anniversary of the movie. Uh, but the, but the theory behind it, you know, with like I think it was electromagnets or whatever that it used. Basically, it would, you know, basically like repelled, um, you know, the uh, whatever you call it, like it was, you know, like a, a magnet or whatever that caused it to, you know, float above mm-hmm. the ground. But the ones that they've made, obviously, you can't, you know, you can't fly around like Marty did. I mean, they just kind of, they're just sort of like stationary. Uh, But, uh, but now some of the things that, 
they got right, uh, the probably the funniest thing was the prediction about the Chicago Cubs. Oh yeah, the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, that yeah. that was. I mean, they did not make it all the way through, but they they almost they it, did. Yeah, they, they made it into did. the finals. They were really close. Uh, of course, in in the movie, uh, the Cubs actually win the World Series. Uh, and because now here, here, here's the, here's the theory I have. What if, what if Marty and Doc Brown's, um, implications on 2015 and everything like that, them showing up, then going back to 1985 and all, all that mess up that guy screwed up 2015. That's why we don't have the floating cars or it anything like be. that. They screwed it's, it up. Yep. It's all Marty's fault. You know, I had to get the almanac. Yeah. So that so that almanac, you know, basically, you know, the doc warns him about the consequences of that, and like, you know, because he's thinking, you know, I can go back, I can go back in time and and bet on these sporting events or whatever, and make myself rich, and of course, doc is always the voice of reason, and he's like, you know, it's like I, it's like it's like I didn't invite invent the time machine for financial gain. I invented the time machine to travel through time, and then. Doc or uh, Marty obviously has to agree with him, and uh, and they they throw the the almanac away. Uh, but little mm-hmm. do they know that Biff, who is now uh, you know he's he, like he, eighty yeah, something, he's yeah. like a seventy well seventies. Yeah, probably. he's like a he's like a grandfather now, and mm-hmm. walks around with a cane and everything. And so they don't realize that he's been listening to them and watching their whole interaction. And so after they leave. He gets the almanac out of the trash can and travels back in time and gives the almanac to his younger self. And then his younger self ends up uh, betting on a horse race when he turns 21. I'm assuming because back then you probably couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't gamble legally until you were 21. And, and he makes himself rich. Yeah. And thus this creates an alternate 1985 where Biff is basically like, you know, in charge of, of everything. You know, the Hill Valley goes to shit and basically becomes like a almost like a, you know, a, a mini little Las Vegas, pretty much. Yeah, it, it's like the it's like the apocalypse has happened or something. And, yeah. and, you know, the only, you know, Biff has the where the clock tower used to be in downtown Hill Valley, he now has this this big skyscraper that he calls Biff's uh, Pleasure Palace. And he lives in the penthouse mm. and has married uh, Lorraine. Which, that that's the that's the joke. That's, okay, so uh, Marty, like, he gets knocked out when he figures out, you know, everything, you know, uh, Biff's goons come up behind him and knock him out, and he wakes up. And he slowly wakes up, and it's his. He hears his mom. He's like, "It's okay. You're you're awake now. You're safe and, and sound." And, 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 then, and then he was like, "Mom, you're so so big." In the first movie, the joke was like, "You're so thin," you yeah. know. And but this one, she's uh, she's she had got cosmetic implants. Yeah, she had these huge breast implants. Yeah, which was Biff, Biff's idea. Biff's idea, of course. Yeah. And she's become, she's back to kind of like she was at the beginning of the first movie. She's reverted back to being an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out that Biff actually uh, killed uh, George McFly in order to get Lorraine and, you know, just killed him in cold blood. And, you know, Marty tries to piece everything together. And, and so, you know, Biff has, you know, become Marty's 
stepfather and so it just you know this huge you know nightmare for him yeah you know he found and finds out that his father is dead and and that's when they realize that they're in an alternate 1985 and so they've got to straighten that out and they Mm -hmm. realize that you know marty after talking to biff realizes that the old biff from the future gave the almanac to his younger self in 1955 so they have to go back to 19 but basically the same the same day in 1955 yeah, like, that, uh, that marty goes back uh, doc to the uh, doc brown actually makes a comment about that he's like man it's uh, it's so weird that he picked like i don't remember this the line word for word but he he's like it's so weird that that they picked that that he picked that timeline there must be some sort of fix on that timeline with you and your your family tree or anything or it could just be just a straight up coincidence. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there might be so, there must be something in the universe that like points to that particular pinpoints that pins, particular yeah, that everything time revolves around that date in history or something. Uh, but so, so or it could just be a coincidence. Yeah. So so now they it's have to go back. Yeah, yeah it is coincidence. But they, <laughs> and it works for the movie because yeah. because then they it, it what that does is it allows them to go back into the first movie mm-hmm. from a different perspective. And I love that idea, honestly. That yeah. is the most creative thing. Because they actually use footage from the first one, and they splice it together with, you know, because uh, I just think about that one scene where he's where Marty's sneaking into the principal's office, and the principal's, like, looking through. Because Biff actually uses the front cover of the almanac. Yeah, to, he puts he puts a, uh, a nudie magazine uh, inside <laughs> there as, yeah. as a decoy, mm-hmm. uh, and so there were some really great scenes uh, with that and and Marty trying to get the almanac back from Biff and uh, but they really the the great thing was they didn't really use a whole lot of of stock footage from the first movie. No, there was they, only they like they a couple it. of things. You know, yeah, they, they reshot scenes completely, which was. Mm-hmm. kind of a nightmare for the production crew because they basically it had been four years you know since they made the first one they literally had to set all of this up again and try to make it look exactly like it did and the they first did movie. a pretty banged up job a uh, pretty good job of yeah. that you know um i mean of course there were scenes with that involved george mcfly now those were stock footage yeah but uh the ones that he isn't in that that was all recreated mm-hmm. and everything like that and, and you know and marty's uh you know he's kind of interacting in a way with with his you know other self oh that's the other thing they uh uh doc brown has made it made a specific point that they must not run into their younger selves yeah because of the whole uh space paradox yeah the paradox yeah create a paradox and and so so those scenes are really humorous in the way they you know he has to try to Marty has to to do what he needs to do without you know interfering or without running into himself and uh, and having to escape from Biff's goons and mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of of course you know you look at it now and it probably seems a little dated to some people in terms of the technology how they did that like the whole split screen thing is you, is how they did it back in the day if you wanted to use the same you know the same actor interacting with mm-hmm. themselves. And usually they would pick a focal point. There would be like a, a pole or something yeah. in the middle of the screen that that was actually serving as the separation between. You yeah. know, they they would film they would film like a shot with 
the actor on one side of the frame, the other side of the frame would be empty. And then yeah. they would reverse it. And then they would put something in between to, you know, to make it look like they were actually like interacting with themselves. Yeah. These days they just use green screen, mm-hmm. which and it's, you know, pretty much seamless, yeah. but it was really, it was pretty seamless in this one too, because, you know, you have the scene where, um, where Marty is interacting with his son in the future. Uh, and he actually like, he actually like, uh, grabs him, like mm-hmm. holds on to him and gets like really close to him. I'm assuming it's, it's, you know, they're probably like, it's probably some, someone else's hands coming up into frame and grabbing his son. And then you, and then, you know, you have his face there, but it look it looks seamless. It looks like he's literally like holding on to yeah. himself. I think it might've been a body double. Could have been, yeah. Uh, um, they could do that too. They could have used a body double and replaced uh, that person's face with with his. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but for the most part, the effects work uh, really good, and you have a lot of like Michael J. Fox actually plays several characters in this because you know he plays yeah. he, he plays his, himself his, his normal uh, his know, normal self his eighty five self he plays um, his forty seven year old. Mm-hmm. self he plays his son and daughter mm-hmm. uh he plays the original version uh marty as well uh, he had a lot of busy, he had a lot to do mm-hmm. and and some of the other uh actors did too you know there was a lot of you know makeup uh, mm-hmm. involved i think there. that i think in the trailer they even uh do that I mean, anytime anyone plays multiple characters now, it's kind of become a gag where right. they're they're like, starring this person, right? You know, um, uh, and and th- you know, starring. I'll just they, they, yeah, yeah. They, they they did do that. The original yeah. trailer for the, the movie the original was like, was like, like uh, you know, starring, starring Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox, yeah. and, and Michael, Michael J. J. Fox. <laughs> But it's pretty hilarious, like uh, especially him uh, in drag as his daughter Marlene. Mm. Yeah, Uh, you know it's. uh, I I, the the first thing now, like we were talking about this, we didn't. We were trying to think of the name, and and we had to look it up because I don't think she's actually mentioned at all. I don't think so. I don't think they they ever mention uh, the daughter. The 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 only thing I can think of is when uh, when. Jennifer comes through the door and she sees herself and she's like, <gasps> both, both versions of them are, are, are like, I'm young, I'm old. Oh, yeah. And they and both they pass, pass out. And, and, and that, that's another excuse to get the con- conconscious thing get, again. Get her out of the way. But, um, but then you hear, uh, you know, Marlene coming down the stairs like, Mom, Mom, Mom is that you? She's <laughs> <laughs> like... Uh, it's pretty yeah, uh, yeah, pretty hilarious. Uh, now I will say, uh, I think as far as the older versions of Marty and Jennifer, mm-hmm. I think they aged them a little too much. I don't know. Yeah, how you feel I mean, about if you that, look at how they are today, you know, they've aged pretty. I mean, even even uh, Michael J. Fox, he's aged pretty well. Yeah. And uh, you know, and he's and, in his sixties uh, now, early sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, it kind of, I don't know. It's like it's kind of funny. I mean, they aged up. Uh, they aged up everybody a little too much, except for Christopher Lloyd's character. Because now Christopher Lloyd, he looks pretty yeah, old. He, yeah. Um, he, yeah, he pretty much looks like like Doc, you know, looked back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think like Marty, you know, like he he has his hair has gone completely gray, and mm-hmm. he and he's supposed to just be forty seven. Forty seven is not is is not old. I mean, I'm forty two. 
you know, I don't, you know, a lot of people tell me I don't look 42. Yeah. But, but, you know, I think they could have, if they would have done what they did with Marty's parents in the first movie, because they were in their 40s, supposed to be in their 40s at that point. That just, one was you know, pretty much on point. Put, put, you know, put some, uh, put a few bags under their eyes, maybe a few more wrinkles here and there, but don't change their hair color. You know, like they could have yeah. left Marty's hair, you know, brown and just, you know, kind of aged him up. And Jennifer in particular, like the way that her older self, I think part of it was the way she was dressed, but they had a lot of gray in her hair and mm-hmm. really kind of wrinkled. And to me, she looked more like, like she was in her 60s. Like she looked more yeah. like a grandmother than a mother when she walked through the door. And actually, they actually make a big point on this one there too. But back to 2015. Uh they have the split screen TV thing, and then uh, Marty gets fired. He gets fired by a particular person, Needles. Uh, Needles is played by Flea, who Flea. is who is the drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Now that is a that is a weird cameo, honestly. It is that that is a weird. <laughs> it's cameo. very random, and um, it, it's one of those cameos like uh, th- where musicians cameos, and you're like. Yeah, kind of like they did with Huey Lewis in the first movie. It's yeah. like they wanted to put another musician now, in there. And now, wait a minute. Did did Flea actually do anything music-wise in this, or was he just acting? Because I don't remember. Was, yeah, he was just acting. There was no music What, what at was all. the point in that? I don't know. Shoot. Maybe he just really wanted to be in the movie or something. But yeah. uh, but uh, he, he's like, uh, he uh, tells him to do something or whatever, and, um, and, uh, and Marty's like, no, 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 I don't think I'll, I, I'll get caught. And he was like, well, unless you're chicken. And he's like, and, yeah. chicken? Nobody calls me chicken needles. Nobody. <laughs> and, and that sets up another, uh, another, another gag. running gag yeah. that this whole thing that Marty can't stand being called chicken. He can't. They didn't set that up in the first one. I think that mm-hmm. was, was one of the points that a lot of people seem to be you know frustrated was was that the chicken gag like nobody calls me chicken yeah like uh well they didn't set that up in the first one i mean because you have to have some new jokes too yeah yeah Yeah. and i um, mean and yeah and they use that for the rest of uh, for the rest of for the rest of the the uh trilogy yeah uh but yeah and it does become a very big point too yeah because there's a we, we get to that once we get into the last movie that really kind of that whole thing about being sort of being hot-headed and let letting people get to you easily there's a lesson that that comes from that and mm-hmm. and it's and as you'll see later marty uh, learns a very valuable uh, lesson about that uh but talking about we were talking about some of the things that uh that this movie predicted correctly about uh the future about you know 2015 is uh some of the other things that i noticed was uh you know you talked about the tv but not only the the split screen or being able to like the picture in picture and being able to watch multiple yeah. channels or whatever at yeah. once like it was it was a flat panel tv it was a flat panel they didn't TV. have they flat didn't panel have flat. tvs no. back then that uh, is right i mean me i i wasn't even thinking that way but because yeah, you know i grew up ha- with it's hanging on you know, the wall yeah now i don't know how they actually did that for the movie i was assuming that it was probably you know they probably built a frame or whatever something that looked like a tv and i'm assuming the image was probably just uh added in post or mm-hmm. or you know projected onto it or something but but yeah, yeah but you know that that was something and uh and the whole thing with biometrics you know, using a thumbprint 
to yeah. get, to get into the uh, front door of your house. Mm. Obviously, things like that exist now. Uh, I don't think now there may have been stuff like that that kind of existed in '85, but I would think if it did, it was probably more for like big corp- security corporations, stuff, security yeah. and things. But I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think the biometrics was something that really came along, mm-hmm. uh, you know, much later. Uh, credit card, credit card scanner. You know, Marty, when he's uh, engaging in this illegal transaction with needles, he's like, you know, here's my card, scan it. And he, you know, holds it, you know, puts it in the slot on this machine. I mean, back then, when you paid with a credit card, you had those uh, devices that... uh, It was like a a little, like, stamp thing or whatever. Yeah, it was like... What do you call them? It was like like carbon paper, Mm -hmm. and they would literally, like, take... They put the credit card in there, and they'd take this uh, thing and, like, run it across the card. And when they did that, it would leave an imprint on the paper. And that's what they used to, uh, you know, I guess to save the credit card numbers so that, you know, you could pay with a credit card. So, so yeah, that didn't exist uh, back then, and obviously now we have, um, you know, uh, debit card readers and stuff like the dip card readers, you know, mm-hmm. in, in ATMs and in uh, so, self checkout machines. You just stick your card in yeah. the slot, and it. You know, and now you can even pay with just your phone. Mm-hmm. Tap to pay, you mm-hmm. know, all yeah. that stuff. You just literally just touch your card to the screen and pay. So, yeah. So those were a few things that that they. Uh, that they got right that I guess they, you know, saw that that was, you know, coming at some point, but I think you're right. I think for the most part, I think Robert Zemeckis uh, and Bob Gale just wanted to have fun with it and they weren't actually trying to predict what was going to happen in the future. So, so, so they did a lot of outlandish things because they could, you know, and especially in a comedy, you can get away with that. Yeah. And probably won't be able to get away with that in the action, a serious action movie or anything, but um, something we didn't really get into uh, when we talked about the first movie that I wanted to, to uh, talk about a little bit uh, was uh, just theories about time travel and how uh-huh. time travel works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because a lot of people have, have talked about this in depth and like, yeah, would, and would this really happen? Like, you know, if you, if you go back in time, yeah. go into a different time, are you creating... An alternate uh, timeline. An alternate timeline. Are you creating other versions of your of yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's if you really stop and think about it, I mean, it can kind of make your head hurt yeah. <laughs> a little bit. It does. It does make your head hurt. It's, it's it's one of those things where it's like, but if that happened, and then this happened, like there's honestly there's no concrete answer. Honestly, um, I think. I mean, one question I have, like, I thought about this question, too. Um, if if we could t- uh, travel back in time, what would you, is there things in your past that you would change? Oh, sure. Uh, you know, I, I, I think so. I mean, it mm-hmm. certainly, um, I mean, it, everything does happen for a reason. I believe that. And, yeah. and, and so in that sense, you in know, that sense, it's, it, it's, it's it, it not can, a good it can, idea. It can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be. It may have been bad then, and you look back and you think, "Oh, I wish I hadn't done that," or "I wish I hadn't," uh, you know, "I wish I hadn't like been with that person," or or mm-hmm. whatever. But but who's to say if you did change that, you know, who's to say that that the good things that came along later in your life would have would have happened? You could have right. gone down a completely different path. It's just it's hard to know. Uh, but but 
you know, sometimes I think like if I could go back in time and like knowing what I know now and mm-hmm. having the knowledge that I've accumulated and hopefully a, a little bit of wisdom too, that I could go back and, you know, kind of give that, pass that on to my younger self yeah. uh, or to, uh, or to just do things, you know, if I could take the place of my younger self, kind of do things a little bit differently because I'd be coming at it, you know, from a different point of view. Uh, but I would say that there's, uh, I had thought about that and I'm on the same boat there. There's things in my past there that I'm like, Hmm, you know, especially like more recently, like I'm like, Hmm, I wish, I wish it was different. I wish I could go back and do something about that. You know, maybe not meet a certain person or this or that, you know, like you said. Yeah. But at the end, I mean, at the end, as as we've stated, I mean, it's a beautiful line given to uh, Christopher Lloyd's Emmett Brown at the very end of the third one, and you said it at the last there, make it a good one. Yeah, you know? and it's like the future. Um, the future hasn't been written yet. Nobody's has, so make it a good one. So it's basically, you know, the future is what you make of it. Um, do you think time travel is possible? I don't think... I don't think it will ever be, you know, like... It might not ever happen, but... It's, uh, you know, like, I guess if you come at it from... um, If you come at it from, like me, like from a religious point of view, um, I I just don't think that, you know, if if you believe in a creator, you know, if you believe in God, if you believe, or if you believe in a, at least a... um, uh, higher power, you know, an intelligent higher power, and, and you believe in intelligent design and creation and all that. Uh, I don't think that he would ever allow that to be possible because, mm-hmm. again, you know, you could mess with, you could mess with your future, and and you know, there, you know, everybody, yeah. everybody is, you know, if you look at it from that perspective, even though we all have free will and things like that you know like by doing the time travel you're kind of taking away the free will and it's like and in, in, in god already knows you basically you're you're you know he, he knows, knows he knows past, everything present, yeah future. he knows he, everything that's going to happen and mm-hmm. so uh now you know that then you get into the whole thing of like people that believe in you know do you believe in predestination and and things like that because if you look at that you're like well you know, if that's the case, then that means we don't have any control over anything we do. That we're all mm-hmm. we're all destined to follow a certain path. Yeah. But but you're really not. You still have you still have the free will. You still make choices on your own. It's just that you have this supreme being who just already knows everything that's going to happen. So I don't know. You can get into a lot of like crazy stuff it, when you when you deal with like time travel. But again, I think ultimately yeah. that would mess with think think of it this way. Plan. Think of it this way. Um, there is no beginning or end. Think about numbers. Okay, when you're little, when you're younger, you're, you're taught 0, 1, 2, 3. And then it just goes on from 0, 1, 2, 3. But no, wait, there's more. <laughs> Go backwards from 0, negative 1, 2, 3, negative 3, negative yeah. 4, negative 5. And it goes on and on and on. There's no end to the numbers. There's the, no end at all. There's no end, no beginning. The possibilities are infinite, mm-hmm. pretty much. And... And if you look at it that way, in theory, the events of Back to the Future, like you could, you could potentially create 
an infinite number of like versions of yourself. Like if you really mm-hmm. think about it, it's like, you know, if you, even if you go like one minute into the past, you know, you could run into yourself from that, you know, from that minute. And then, you know, and then you just, everything just kind of like snowballs from there. And, and you could technically have all of these different, you know, versions of yourself like running around and you create this big mm-hmm. uh, loop and that's kind of what Marty did is like, you know, he sort of created like an infinite uh, loop of, yeah. of going back in and out of different. Uh, the interesting, the interesting thing there is time travel. Uh, think of it. If it time travel existed, think of it as a museum. You're not allowed to touch anything, right. <laughs> but here's the thing. If time travel existed, there's always going to be that one person is like, but I want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's tempting. It is. It's it's tempting to go mm-hmm. back and you think, oh, you know, because you because you learn from mistakes and and things like that, and you think, oh, I could go back into this time, and and my life could just be perfect. You know, I could do mm-hmm. all this stuff differently, as, and I could I could set everything up as shown by what Marty does in the movie. Um, you, no, there's no you you you'll make things worse for yourself. Yeah. As seen by the almanac, there, you know, you're you're going to make things worse. Yeah, and uh, there were some ways that he actually improved things about his future, but in other ways, he could have really like screwed it up badly. So, yeah. But, um, but I think that is actually a good place to uh, end this episode for today, uh, and. Of course, uh, next week we will be getting into the final film in the Back to the Future franchise, which is Back yes. to the Future Part 3. We actually didn't mention how the movie actually ends. Oh, my goodness. We didn't mention All the Part right. 2 That's ending. The, we yeah. got off topic. Yeah, we did a little bit. So. Okay. Yes. Uh, real quickly, before we get into Part 3, here's what happens at the end of Back to the Future Part 2. Um, they're in 1955. They're in 1955. And they, there's this big card chase with uh, uh, Biff, and you know, as they're trying to get the almanac back from him, and Marty uh, does successfully get he, the almanac back the, from Biff, but and the burns DeLorean, it. the DeLorean uh, ends up uh, having some sort of fluctuation issues as it was, it was. Uh, it yeah, was, Doc uh, is Doc is flying. Yeah. Doc is flying it in the middle of the same thunderstorm where you know where the clock tower gets struck by lightning. And, uh, and, you know, Marty is on the ground and, you know, Doc is about to come fly down and pick him up, but the DeLorean gets struck by lightning. And, uh, and there, there had been throughout the movie, uh, he had been having some trouble with the time circuits. Mm-hmm. They had been going in and out and they wouldn't, they, you know, they weren't behaving. It wasn't behaving like it was supposed to, but he hadn't gotten it fixed. And so mm-hmm. it, during the interference from the, uh, thunderstorm or whatever, it uh, sets the time circuits to a date in 1885. Yes, in the, and, old, uh, in the old West. And uh, this man, uh, this man, this—I uh, guess he's like an agent or government agent or something like From that. Western Union. West, Western Union. Yeah. Western Western Union. Mm-hmm. He shows up. Uh, yeah. Shows up um, with. Uh, shows up with a basically a, a telegram. Yeah. For Marty. And he's like, a, I got a letter for you. <laughs> We, we were making a bet to see if you were actually be here. I guess I lost. <laughs> yeah, and Doc had Doc had written Marty a letter from 1885, knowing that Marty was going to be at that location at that exact time, 
and he put instructions on there that it was not to be opened until you know that date in uh, 19 November 12 1955 and so Marty reads the letter, realizes where Doc has been transported to, and he's he's been transported back to the Old West in 1885. So that's where Part Two ends. Is now he's got to now he's got to go back to the 1955 Doc, so that he can help him get to 1885 and rescue Doc and bring him back. Yeah, it's a very funny the altercation there when he runs back to Doc, uh, younger Doc, 1955 Doc. He's like, Doc, Doc. He's like, No. You can't be here. I just sent you back to the future. He's, and he's, he's, like, he's like, I know, I know, but I'm back. I'm back from the future. And he's just like, great Scott. And then he passes out. You know, <laughs> and that's, and that's how the movie ends. And, that's, and that's it's, it's like, to be concluded. Yes. So we will be concluding the Back to the Future trilogy uh, next week, and we hope you will uh, be here for that. But uh, before we go, as always, be sure to subscribe, like, and share to our YouTube channel. And uh, also be sure to tap that little bell uh, icon when you do subscribe so that you're receiving all the notifications whenever we post uh, new content or episodes. Uh, Also, you can check us out on our socials. We're on all the major social media networks, and we've got some pretty cool stuff uh, on those pages as well, some exclusive stuff, you know, some things you won't find anywhere else. Uh, and uh, don't forget about our Patreon page as well, which is a great place for you to go where you can actually contribute and kind of help us out uh, with the podcast to make it a better podcast. Hmm. Uh, and uh, Yes, there's always room for improvement. Yeah, and, uh, and we're getting close now to the, to the end of our first season, and we hope that uh, season two will be uh, even better. So we look forward to that. But, uh, but definitely uh, tune in here next week. Uh, for Back to the Future Part 3. And uh, until then, as always, be good to yourselves, and we'll see you next time. You dipstick.